0: Welcome to a new episode of Land, Grant, Holy Land in Conversation. My name is Matt Tiamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, we speak with one of the most successful and colorful players in recent Ohio State football history, Nick Mangold. Having officially retired from the NFL last year, Nick is staying busy with his four kids... And now trying to figure out how to bet on sports. The Buckeye All-American and seven-time Pro Bowler has teamed up with SportsBettingDime.com, where each week he combines his gut knowledge of football with the free information available on the site to pick a best bet and his favorite Monday night prop bet. We talk about all of that and how well he's done so far in the interview. And I will say, just as a personal point of preference, I started using sportsbettingdime.com for information before I even knew Nick was associated with them. It has a ton of information, really great layout, really in-depth analysis, so uh, head over there and check out the site. But we also talked to Nick about the Buckeyes, the demands of offensive line play, his former team's quarterback missing games for mono, and much, much more. So with all of that out of the way, here's my conversation with Nick Mangold. Uh, first off, congratulations on uh, getting your degree from Ohio State earlier this year. Oh, thank you. With, uh, I assume that was always something that you planned on doing and waited till your playing career was over?
1: Uh yeah, it's just something that I, I I meant to get done, uh dragged my feet a little bit and then um and then started having kids and so it got put to the back burner while I was in, uh and then was able to knock it out um this winter.
0: So do you have plans uh to use that in some specific way or is it just something that you wanted to make sure that you checked off the bucket list or, or how does that actually figure into your life? Uh,
1: you just check off the bucket list, make my mom happy and make sure my kids couldn't hold it over my head when they get towards the college age.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, I definitely don't want to give your kids leverage on anything. So, um, <laughs> so you're here today talking in conjunction with sportsbettingdime.com. You spent obviously a lot of time in New Jersey where sports betting is now legal, but from an athlete's perspective, that is obviously frowned upon while you are playing. So once you've retired, how did that kind of interest in this side of things, you're, from what I understand, you're kind of learning about it, but also kind of giving some picks and some inside knowledge. How did that kind of all get started, and how does SBD kind of help you go from a player to a better?
1: Yeah, so that was one of the big things, um, you know, when it first got introduced that you could do uh, the online sports betting last year. um, I, I really had no idea what was going on at all um but it made it made things a little bit more int- you know made Sunday a little bit more interesting um and so this year um I had the opportunity with com team up with them um and they've been teaching me uh along the way they have a lot of uh like betting one on one guides uh free on their website and uh tutorials and um you know they they give you a bunch of news research um, statistics, you know, it, it's got a one-stop shop kind of thing, um, and it, it's been neat learning because you know there's there's just a whole lingo of it, um, you know, the the different ways to bet, um, something that I knew was going on, um, but never even looked into it because couldn't do it, so I wasn't going to waste any time, you know, learning about it. Um, But I feel like I'm really behind the eight ball now, Uh, especially as some of my friends around here, you know, they have been doing it for a while. Um, I "I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. So uh, it's been neat and it's been uh, it's been a good partnership.
0: And I know you are kind of combining what you're learning as well as your insight into the NFL game to kind of make picks every week. I know you did super well. In the first week, how are your picks looking for week two as we've still got one more game left to go this week?
1: So uh, last week I was able to go 3-0. Um, this week I'm in the hole already. I'm own one um, We have prop bets for Monday night. Uh, I think we we typically do uh, one bet for the weekend games and then uh, a prop bet for Monday nights. Um, and if you would ask me, you know, uh, two months ago, What's a prop bet? I would have laughed. <laughs> I would have laughed because I have no idea. So um, it, it's been, it's, that's kind of the fun of it. Um, and even though, you know, after playing for 11 years in the NFL, um, I still don't, uh, it's shocking how little I know when it comes to the betting world, uh, just off of, you know, the X's and O's. Like I, I had my pick, uh, pick of the week this week was uh, the Bills coming to the Giants. I thought for sure, uh, the giants after the letdown in dallas um you know home opener they would be coming out strong um buffalo you know being able to beat the the jets last week having to come back to metlife um and having you know they they really didn't do much on offense last week until um you know one linebacker went out and you know then they kind of exploded a little bit but i i I in No way thought that the uh, the bills were going to win and uh, you know I just I got to stick my my foot in my mouth and uh, hope for a better week next week.
0: Yeah, and it's all it's all about the averages with sports gambling. You can't win everything, so it's gotta you got to hope that you stay uh, above the Mendoza line, so to speak. So I, now that your career is over, as you're watching games, the betting side of that apart, what is your like, what is your plan? Are you a red zone guy? Obviously, I assume you watch Jets games probably more closely than others. But uh, what's your rundown for how you watch an NFL Sunday?
1: Uh, usually, I mean, my wife has joked that she gained um, 17 Sundays uh, back a year, so uh, <laughs> we usually have something going on. Um, I try to I try to watch the Jets games, um, pay attention to them. Otherwise, we'll just have a game on in the background um and you know we'll catch a lot of times the the big game that i watch is sunday night game um just because you know the kids are already in bed for school uh things are quieting down it's been you know long weekend and everything um it's just kind of as you're getting ready for the week you can have it on but still do like i had to i did the grocery list last night while watching uh watching the sunday night game so um it was just it's kind of I'm not as avid. Um, I, the red zone, I enjoy a little bit, um, but it, it, it's kind of a little sporadic for me. Yeah. Um, I, I like having one game on, seeing the flow of the game, seeing how things uh, evolve. Um, and, you know, that part of the game I, I really enjoy.
0: Well, you're going to be able to watch one game straight through tonight and focus on that because uh, this. People will hear this interview on Tuesday, but the Monday night football game is the Cleveland Browns versus your New York Jets. I-, I feel like I would be, it would be a dereliction of duty if I didn't ask about the whole Sam Darnold mononucleosis situation. What is your take on that whole thing, which has kind of become a joke, but also it's kind of a serious thing for Sam?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, as much as everyone has had a chuckle about it, um, you know, it is—it's it, still a real disease and um, nothing to take lightly. And I'm glad that he, uh, him, and the the Jets staff and doctors and everything are are doing uh, what they need to do instead of just uh, trying to rush them back out. Um, but at the same time, you know, it always feels like there's something um, something <laughs> out against. Um, And this is, you know, after having your quarterback get mono, I think kind of confirms that there's, you know, outside forces working against
0: us. (laughs) So there is actually a New York Jets curse, you think, somewhere?
1: I think uh, after seeing this one, you know, and after being around um, for your starting quarterback to get mono, uh, you know, that just I I couldn't (laughs) tell you the last time I've heard of an NFL player. Um, who was out with mono
0: yeah i don 't yeah i i don 't think that i 've ever heard that before, so leave it to the jets to figure out how to do that but um in addition we 'll find
1: new illnesses that no one else has tried yet,
0: yeah, so next week the uh, starting safety's going to get tuberculosis or something so um <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in addition to the NFL side of things, I, I assume that you are at least somewhat still tuned in to the Buckeyes. Um, what are your thoughts on what you've seen from this team through the first three weeks of the Ryan Day era? Uh,
1: they look pretty good. You know, it, it's funny, um, my college watching has dropped off because we always traveled on Saturday. Right. So, I never never really paid attention. So, um, I, I think I moved more to the NFL side. Um, but having caught a little bit of the Ohio State that I have, uh, you know, they look like they're running um, pretty well. And, you know, I, I think we're going to start getting to the media season. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they play when uh, when things get a little tight.
0: One of the, the things that was talked about a lot before Ohio State's season was – They have a rebuilt offensive line. They're replacing four starters. And from a non-expert eye, I think they look great. But we always hear that it's so much harder for a new offensive line group to gel than any other position. And from your perspective, obviously, as an expert, one of the best linemen in recent history, both at Ohio State and the NFL, why is that? What about their your communication and protections and responsibility makes it so much more complex than for any other group to work together without a bunch of experience together?
1: Well, I think the big thing is, you know, everyone always talks about it takes 11 guys uh, on offense to make an offensive play, doing the right thing to make an offensive play work. Um, but even more so is the microcosm of the offensive line. Those five guys have to work as one unit, um, and communicating and, you know, making adjustments, not only before the snap, but even after the snap. Um, and to do that, you just, you need to have uh, a cohesiveness along the the group. You know, I was very fortunate. I played next to uh, a right guard named Brandon Moore, who was with me, I think for seven or eight years. Um and by the end of our time together um you know we we didn't even have to speak we were like an old married couple we didn't even have to <laughs> uh, to speak and we knew what he, each other was thinking um and that just took you know the time of of being together, learning about each other uh you know knowing families um uh, knowing you know the reasons for playing you know, backgrounds where they come from uh all that plays an integral part you know you can do all the x's and O's but if if you don't know. Um, you know, that this guy's from, you know, uh, some small town in Mississippi and, you know, his mom works here and, and does this and he's got a sister over there. Uh, it, when you know those things, uh, you know, you play a little bit harder for that guy.
0: Now that you've been out of the league, I mean, for a few years now, you officially retired in in twenty eighteen. What do you miss the most? Is it that camaraderie with guys that you played with for a long time, knowing the backgrounds, and then getting to compete with them? What is it that you miss about being an active player?
1: Uh, it's definitely the locker room, uh, the guys in the locker room. That's the biggest one you can't replicate. And um, you know, I've had the good fortune of, of working uh, with a lot of um you know our, our great military and uh firefighters and police officers uh first responders and they all anytime you talk to a retired guy uh of that profession they say the exact same thing <laughs>
0: um
1: you know it, it, they don't uh, you talking just recently talking to a bunch of firefighters and like I don't I don't miss carrying a hose up you know 10 flights of stairs to fight a fire <laughs> but I miss you know the 23 hours we were sitting in the firehouse doing nothing Uh, Just cracking jokes and and enjoying each other. Um, You know, I I think that's the big one that I miss.
0: And obviously, I think for people who compete at such a high level, like you did for so long, there's that competition that you're always probably going to crave. Is that kind of where this sports gambling side of things kind of comes? It kind of scratches that itch. It's not the exact same, but it is something to kind of get a little bit of that, that competitive rush.
1: Yeah, it's great. You know, I, I, it's funny I haven't done um I haven't done too many things competitively since being done with football. Um and so the little things that I do get um and this is one of them, uh you know, it, it's it's fun. Unfortunately, though, I've been losing a lot. Um and so it, it, that's why I'm hoping that the uh, the sportsbettingdime.com folks uh will help me out a little bit and um you know, get me on the right track.
0: What is that? What is your strategy for when you're making picks? Like how do you look at games? What do you break down? Is there a certain stat or piece of information that you look at that points you in the direction you generally want to go?
1: Uh, you know, for me right now and I'm still learning, so it's always it's just based off of feel. Um I, I think if I if I were to really get serious and into it uh, which I can't because, you know, four kids running around keeps me busy <laughs> enough. I think you go in and you break down um, the previous game that the team played uh, or that both teams played, see how they did, see what they did well and what they didn't do well, and then factor that in going into this, the next game. You know, is it home? Is it away? Um, you know, who's hurt? Who's dinged up? Um, you know, some, uh, somebody um, – you know, might not not make the injury list um, because you know he, he's obviously playing, but maybe he sat out practice for two days uh, hmm. because he's nursing something. So, I mean, there's there's a bunch of stuff you can dive into uh, that I unfortunately just don't have the time yet for.
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned not having the time because you've got four kids running around, and I love your your Twitter profile says that you're now a Manny slash cook. Uh, is that really the the majority of your day is is focusing on? keeping the kids going and getting where they go. You said that you mentioned school and everything. Is that what is taking most of your time these days?
1: Oh yeah. Um, today was, uh, we had the kids up and out for school this morning. I think, uh, the little one, we went, did the grocery shopping, came back here, uh, for interviews. We have, I got pickup in about 20 minutes, um, for my other little one, um, taking him out to lunch for his first day, first full day of pre K three. Um, and then it just keeps on rolling through. Um, so it, it definitely, um, yeah, the kids have taken, taken over all, all, basically all my time.
0: Yeah. And I guess there's worse things that could happen to take over your time.
1: Oh yeah. And it's not a complaint. I think it's just, it's more, uh, a fact more than complaint.
0: <laughs> well, I know you got to pick up your, your son to take him to lunch. So I will, uh, get you out on, on this question from a, Former players' perspective, and we'll t- tie it back into sportsbettingdime.com. If there was just one bit of information or a nugget that you could give fans when it comes to to gambling, because we hear so much about how fans get super worked up when it comes to like fantasy teams and players not you know playing well or whatever. Now that you're on this side of it, where um, you are the, the better, having been on the side where you were a player for a decade. And obviously, fantasy teams don't necessarily do a ton of drafting of offensive linemen. But as you're kind of balancing those two sides, what would you like to tell the fans to give them an insight as to how these type of things interact with players and how maybe they should interact with players when it comes to fantasy and sports gambling?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think if you, if you do ever get a chance for an interaction, um, you know, leave your fantasy team out of it um guys guys don't want to hear that you know um they have uh they have their the real team to worry about um and when someone comes up talking you know you, you only got me 10 points in fantasy last week Listen, you need to really pick it up um you know it isn't really uh it, that's not a good interaction to have but at the same time I think guys also understand that it is an entertainment business and that's you know what we're into and so it's kind of a, you know, take the good with the bad a little bit. Um, but it is interesting now being on the, the fan side of it as, uh, you know, I had, I've got uh, Le'Veon Bell as my running back. And I, when I saw he was going for an MRI on the shoulder, you know, it really scared me there a little bit. And so uh, now I kind of – I see the other side um, of, you know, when you're tied – when you've drafted people and you're tied to them, uh, you know, you, you hope for the best for them.
0: But I assume that you did not uh, tweet at Le'Veon Bell telling him to suck it up and get on the field after his MRI, though. Nah,
1: I, I, I left <laughs> that one uh, away. But, you know, and that's the thing, too. I think people take it so seriously. You know, you have people that would, would do that, tweet it and suck it up, you know, get back out there, where, you know, my sentiment was, ooh, I hope he's not hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, it would really sting for him. Um, you know, I, I think that's more of the, having the ability to, to be in it and now out of it.
0: Yeah. Well, Nick, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us. I'm, I love, I, this is not, I'm not just saying this cause you're here, but I love sportsbettingdime.com. I, they sent me some information at the beginning of the year and I've used it throughout the season. It's got so much information that, uh, I'm really excited for people to hear about it and be able to use that both for their own entertainment purposes and some, financial benefit as well. So good luck with your picks the rest of the season. And uh, and, and I hope you get out of the hole that you've dug. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land-Grant Holy Land In Conversation. Thanks to future Hall of Famer Nick Mangold, as well as Ian Jones and Doug Drotman. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Mangold, and you can follow sportsbettingdime.com at SBD. If you are finding this podcast on the website, don't forget to go to your favorite podcasting app and subscribe so that you get all of the Land-Grant Holy Land audio goodness this fall. In which we will be bringing you at least one episode every single day during the football regular season. This is actually the second episode of today, Tuesday, September seventeenth. So make sure that you go back and listen to the last episode, which is the series premiere of "I Want to Go Back," the Ohio State Football History Podcast from our own Jim Baird. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at landgrant33, and you can find me on Twitter at bww matt. That's bww m a t t. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon and go Bucks.